Hello and welcome to Clamp, the Creating, Living, and Making podcast. I'm your host, Grant Alexander, and joining me this week is the wonderful Adam Mackey. G'day, mates. And the other person on the podcast is uh, Morley Kurt. Yo, yo. How's everyone doing this week, Adam? What have you been? What's been in your clamps this week? Ooh, I have been building a deck, which is almost almost finished. I talked about it last week. Um, built so I built like the big part of the deck, and then we have like a step down that. I, so I decided to skin the big one first, and then add the step down on after because I wanted to mm. skin the end of the big one, and then that would determine the height of the step down. If that yeah. makes sense. Um, which actually ended up being more of a problem than I anticipated because I needed, it made me not be able to access the framing for the big deck to bolt the small deck to the big deck. Um, it's like so you didn't think fun. the order of operations through yes. on that one. Eh? Definitely didn't think that one through, but I ended up getting it to work and um, I just got to skin the little one with decking on top and that was done finally. Yay. Um, yeah, and then yesterday I got half my CNC. I'm so Yay. I'm so no, I'm I'm annoyed because it was so it comes in two big packages. They were both shipped at the same time. They have the same tracking number, but only one of the boxes was delivered because when they pick up the order, they then made it tracking number 01 and tracking number 02. And tracking number 02 is a big pallet and tracking number 01 is just like an 8 kilogram box. So they delivered the O one, hmm. and now the O two. The O two hasn't even like has got no tracking history at all, other than it was picked up. Whereas O eight, oh. the O one has like ten different changes that it's had. So that's frustrating. Yeah, it's not meant to come for like another week, but at least I got all the bits and and I got the X axis part. So now I'm just waiting for the actual unit. Hmm. So. I don't know, I'm pretty excited that I'm getting it. Yeah, and now I've got to build um, another bench for it to go on because the one I have isn't sturdy enough. So, I'm going to be making a video on that, making a um, uh, torsion box. Torsion box, that's it. Yeah, torsion box. But I want to wait till the CNC gets here because I'm going to have a, like a pull-out drawer on half of it, and I want to cut out in the bottom of the drawer to hold like the bits and calipers and all that sort of stuff. So. Yeah, Adam. By the way, I listened to your episode of because the because we make and it was really good. Yeah. I really really Thank enjoyed you. it. Thank you. I enjoyed yeah. it too. It was it's weird being on the other side. Yeah, it was. I I thought you did a better job on that podcast than you do on our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah. Less, it's less know. pressure. I'll, I'll give I'll give credit to credit where credit's due. Vincent is very good at keeping the conversation going and knowing when yeah. to move forward onto the next question, and really good at making it flow. So I was actually okay. really anxious going into it because all I was thinking was like, I hate talking about myself, and like they're going to ask me questions and I'm going to like stumble on my answers. But I think I I think it went really well. I enjoyed it. Just felt like we we're having a conversation. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this week I have been very busy uh, trying to get my trailer to 90% done. Hashtag callback. And uh, 
it's it's done. I'm going camping tomorrow, so wherever it is, that's where it's going to be. Um, but I did stuff like I installed the backsplash today because it finally came in because I ordered it, and then they sent me a question to confirm whether or not I actually wanted the thing I ordered, which frustrated me so much because it went into my junk mail folder. And then I was like, why wouldn't you just send me the thing I, I asked for? Anyways, frustrated. Um, but yeah, doing the finishing touches. I got the brackets for the awning welded up today. I really wanted to like grind them down and make them look super nice. Mm-hmm. But I did not have time to grind the welds nice. So I filed them a little bit and then uh, put them on. And it's 90% there. Yeah, it's on the roof. No one will see it. Yeah, that's exactly what what Abby said. Anyways, <laughs> the new awning bag, did I talk about last week I did the awning bag? No, I think you did that after oh, wow. we recorded. I've, I've been stupidly busy then. I built, for my very first sewing project ever in my life, uh, using a sewing machine because I've sewn by hand, um, I, I did a nine-foot-long awning bag, which... If people who don't know, uh, like a bag awning or an awning bag, it actually stays on the trailer in a bag, a waterproof bag, and then you unzip the thing and roll it out, and then you have an awning. So it's attached to your trailer. Uh, A lot of other awnings either are like the roll-up type that don't have a bag, or the uh, and they attach to the side of the trailer as well as the top. And the other thing is uh, like ones that you put in as you get there, they're kind of like tarp-based. Anyways... It was uh, a lot of work. One of the funny things, I had to control the uh, sewing machine. It's foot pedal controlled, but because the thing was so long and I needed an in, like I needed nine feet of in feed and nine feet of out feed, I had to do it on my living room floor. And I had to like sit, do you know that like monkey that like has symbols on its feet? Yeah. Like plays the symbols with its feet. That's how I was controlling the foot pedal to keep the machine going. I think I think you're too conditioned by woodworking. You know, fabric bends, right? You don't actually need nine feet of in feed and out feed. No. So when I did the zippers, I didn't need it. Fabric bends. The awning doesn't bend. So uh, the awning is like this, like umbrella material. Like think of an umbrella material, but even thicker. Hmm. Right. It's like Sunbrella is the one who makes the material, um, right. and you roll it up into the bag. So I either had to have ten feet or eight feet, like wide so that it's not rolled up and that it would bend. But once you like roll it up and bend, you can't bend it. Right. So you needed that. Yeah. When I did the zippers, it was like magic. It was wonderful. I put it underneath the table, zip, zip, zip. The zippers look great. I refuse to do close up uh, pictures of all everything. (laughs) So I had to sit on the floor with the in feed and out feed and like do it like a monkey playing symbols on his feet uh, to, to get the the machine to keep going because foot pedal controlled. And then the machine was not sufficient enough um, to like actually work that I had to, there's a flywheel on the side and I had to keep hitting the flywheel. So I'm guiding the thing that's nine feet long with one hand while controlling a foot pedal for speed and hitting the flywheel constantly to keep it going. And if you stop hitting the flywheel, it jams up. Oh wow! So you need like yeah. you need like a big, uh, like canvas thick, uh, sturdy sewing machine, right? You normally like you would do industrial sewing machine, yeah. But 
I'm a DIY guy, so I don't have that. Yeah. Don't you have, I, I, you have leatherworking tools? Yeah, but I didn't want to do a long time. <laughs> do the whole thing by hand. We, um, uh, we, re- we recently picked up uh, eight Singer sewing machines at camp because uh, an instructor planned like a body pillow project for this session. And oh, the C yeah. project is looking to invest in sewing machines for a while to like expand the type of crafts we can do. So it's super exciting. They're all ready to be unboxed, but it's going to be super cool to see like 10 kids all using sewing machines side by side. Totally. So That's, my the sound in that room is going to be insane. <laughs> be very satisfying. <laughs> Not because they'll all be out of sync. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say that, like, completely unrelated to your actual build, you call me upside down. Since when are the symbols on the feet of the monkey? So this is why I get there are times where the monkey plays the symbols with his hands. What I'm saying is a monkey could play the symbols with his feet. Okay. But humans can't. Mm. Right. But yes, I agree. The monkey has got the symbols on his hands. Anyways, it's like he's playing with it. That's how I was on it. Just, anyways, it was just a picture I was painting in people's heads because it's an audio medium. Um, thanks for ruining that picture in everyone's head. <laughs> uh, anyways, I got it done. Uh, it is the zippers are straight as an arrow. The other ones are straight as um, I don't know. I want to make a like a joke about something that's not straight, but I can't think of anything. So don't do that. If I were you <laughs> don't like, they're horrible. That's like as straight as a river, which everyone knows is not very straight. Nice uh, safe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also, for everyone who has uh, remembered all the rants I've made about my YouTube recommendation problem and how YouTube has forgotten me, I figured out what happened. So there's a way you can sign up for things that give Google junk data. So instead of giving like just not sharing your data with Google, instead it gives you gives Google junk data. So it just randomizes data and gives it to them. And when you do that, Google doesn't know what you like and doesn't know what language you speak anymore or anything like that because it's got a bunch of junk data. So then it feeds you recommendations based off that junk data, which now makes sense why I was getting such really, really random, not didn't make any sense at all with anything I watch YouTube recommendations. So So I turned that off. You messaged us telling us about this. And I think like at the same time you were ranting in the discord about you get these terrible YouTube recommendations and you don't know why. And I'm just thinking like, ah, oh, Grant's just trying to squeeze one more complaint out of this, even though now he knows the reason. <laughs> well, I think those, I think you might've been reading a past message. But, mm, I'm pretty uh, sure they were within, within like two minutes of one another. Right. And I think that's when I figured it out okay, because I okay. started, I went and looked for it. I went and looked for an answer because I was like, this is ridiculous. Like the amount of different languages I'm being offered is just ridiculous. Like, it's like, I'll get Russian and like, uh, Chinese and then like just everything, all these languages, I can't even read them. Right. The Mm -hmm. titles are all in random, like, like alphabets that I don't understand. I don't even know where they're from and they're just so random. And I was just like, what is happening? Anyways, 
Yeah, it's because I was trying to be private without using a VPN. I just wanted to feed Google a bunch of junk data so that they <laughs> didn't have my information. They could, they'd stop offering me stuff that I talked about offhandedly in my kitchen as ads. Right. Anyways, I did want to get one more complaint, and that was it. I'm still complaining about it now because it's still affecting me. But as soon <laughs> as I switched that off, my recommendations got 10 times better. Nice. Well, I'm very glad you figured that out. Um, this week, yes. I didn't have YouTube problems, which was pretty nice. Although I did get a lot of woodworking done. Um, I was working a lot this weekend on the fountain that I mentioned last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and as happens in a lot of projects that have like a 70% conception in my head, as I started working on it, the plan started to shift a little bit. So I got like the basic frame done, the part that I knew like this is 100% how it's going to be. Um, and then the actual kind of like part where the water is running down, I wasn't really happy with my original design. Um, so I kind of kept working on other parts that I could, sealed parts with epoxy um, and went on a walk and eventually kind of got this idea of using... So I ended up I ended up buying a three quarter inch Baltic birch plywood. The original plan was to make everything out of half inch Baltic birch, but that was out of stock at the lumber yard. So unfortunately, I have to do it with the nicer plywood. Um, <laughs> you know, woe is me. Um, and so you get a lot more layers. And I was thinking, like, oh, I I, I kind of want to like take advantage of this a little bit and add some more texture because that was one of the reasons I didn't love my original design was that it didn't have a lot of texture to it. So I eventually settled on doing this sort of like, um, I would call it like plywood brick or plywood tile design where it's different uh, widths of strips of plywood that are glued in like a brick pattern onto this backing piece. Um, And it looks super cool. It was also incredibly satisfying work to do, just like gluing these pieces on one on top of the other um, and figuring out what would look cool. So I'm super happy with how that's coming. It's it's going to be, it's definitely a longer project. Um, I'm not really sure when the video is going to come out because there's a lot of parts to it. There's still a few things to figure out. Um, and yeah. in the process of figuring it out, I'm also still in the process of figuring out where I'm going to put it. It's a lot heavier than my original design. Um, mm. And so my original plan was to put it in my bathroom. Um, there's this like spot where it's app, it would be absolutely perfect on the wall. So I went up and stood on my toilet to see like where I could hang it. And, uh, I got down from the toilet and realized that I had snapped the brackets that hold the toilet seat onto the toilet, uh, which isn't great. Um, unless you want to just take it off and live your life without a toilet seat. So, um, Eden asked me if I could fix it. My original plan was just to epoxy them back together. And she proposed the idea of just making 3D printed connectors. And I was like, oh, that'd be a fun little project. So I ended up doing that like at the end of last week, um, made a little Instagram video for it. Of course, it was turned out to be one of my like most popular videos I've ever posted to Instagram. It got something like 18,000 impressions, um, which I'm pretty sure is up at the top for that. It was like 10,000 views or something like that. Wow. Um, And I got a lot of comments on, on Reddit as well, where people were asking about like the modeling process infusion of using canvases. Um, so that's basically like when you insert a reference photo 
you scale it and you trace it, which is something I use a lot in Fusion. But I didn't realize that like a lot of people don't really know how to do this. And I think I mentioned it before, like I've been considering making some Fusion tutorials for a while. Like I have experience teaching 3D modeling software. I enjoy doing it. I was like, oh, this actually, this sounds like it would be a good first one to do. So in between some woodworking this weekend, I quickly busted out a little Fusion tutorial on using reference photos. Um, and it was cool. It was a fun video. It's People are really liking it. It's doing pretty well. Um, so I think I'm going to do more of those because um, there's definitely a demand for them. And I feel like I'm not terrible at it. <laughs> I think you definitely should. Well, I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. Sorry. Um, but I did obviously see your toilet. Like I watched your little video on uh, Instagram and I, I think I commented something like it's funny because I would have made it out of wood. Yeah. And so I was making these brackets uh, for the awning and I was like, the first thing I was going to do is just make them out of aluminum. And then instead I decided, Hey, I should, it made me think about the comment and, and I first made a copy out of wood so that I could see what they would look like and prototype them up. And I went, you know, I know if Morley was here, I'd have 3d printed brackets, (laughs) (laughs) but instead I've got like this, like, you know, weirdly bent aluminum. It's all about tool access, right? So like if I had a spindle sander, a belt sander and a drill press and maybe a bandsaw, I would a hundred percent prototype it or just make it out of wood. Um, but because the 3d printer I can, and I have, I have the 3d printer and I have the 3d modeling skills. It's just, that's mm-hmm. kind of the way that's easier for me. Like, like a wood one would definitely be stronger. It would look nicer. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I like, I like the, the 3d printed one because it's, it feels more like you're replacing a part that you could buy. If yeah. that makes sense. Like, like it was plastic originally. Right. So, See. You, you know, yeah, I, I feel like wood would not be a good option, especially if you get wet and if you like to drink a lot and miss the toilet a lot. Um, <laughs> I'm curious to know what is the thought process when you start filming your toilet? Like how many the, times uh, did you clean the thing? And I definitely cleaned it for sure. And it's uh, <laughs> as a commenter on Reddit pointed out uh, – incorrectly i will add so it's an it's an old toilet like this is an old Mm. rented apartment you know and the toilet seat's a little worn and someone on reddit was like there's like they were making some comment about how like it's super gross and like there's you can see shit on the toilet seat oh sorry i swear you can see poop on the toilet seat um right there and it's it's actually just a wear mark it was clearly clearly just a wear mark yeah yeah where the paint wore through so yeah it was it's like those times when i filmed my waist slash crotch area for a belt uh a belt uh you know final shot in a video you're very conscious of the angles and i'm like i'm thinking about like i wonder how uncomfortable people are going to be like looking at a toilet um so i I was uncomfortable It's always funny when you do um, something kind of off the cuff and it ends up just being a bigger deal and more work than you anticipated. Like it was, this was just like going to be a little project. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll film it because these little, like every time I post a little 3D printed fix video, they do really well. It, like every single right. one that I've done has done inc- incredibly well because people love that stuff. Um, so Every I, time I think- you post one, it's exactly when I go, I think I need a 3D printer for those <laughs> yeah. things, right? Like. Yeah. I definitely want to get a resin printer now. I think that um, 
if I ever get a 3D printer, which I probably will eventually, it'll definitely be resin. But um, I think you should definitely keep up with the Fusion tutorials because the, like the, you can never have enough of them. Everyone has a different way of doing things. And like I haven't seen anyone do like the reference images. I mean, I'm sure yeah. there's videos out there if I looked for it, but I don't know. Like, I, if if I was going to replicate a part, I wouldn't even think about using like taking pictures of it and how to do that. Yeah, for sure. I'll definitely dive deeper down that rabbit hole. Um, the other thing that happened this week, which was kind of neat, was um, I was featured in Hackspace magazine, which I hadn't heard of until the guy reached out to me a few months ago. He saw my uh, cardboard chair video. So you just asked if I, if he could feature me, I kind of forgot about it because it was a long time ago at this point. Um, and then Andy Pugh, shout out to the man, uh, messaged me saying like, Oh, I saw your feature in Hackspace. So that was pretty neat. Apparently it's a relatively popular, uh, maker magazine that is put out by the raspberry Pi foundation. Um, so that was kind of a cool little thing that happened. They, they still make magazines. Yeah, okay. they're not like, even just in airports either. <laughs> like, are you trying to steal my segue? Yes. <laughs> I'm like, I'm gonna get in before Grant. Uh, <laughs> what do I? Why do I even keep coming here? Like, why? <laughs> so really, week, for one wanted, week. Uh, <laughs> I was I was here last week. I know. Yeah, but I you, did you steal opened his the door clamations. Yeah. yeah. I, I did steal the like try and transition to clamp mendations last week. So. No, he tried to steal host last week. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I came, I came up with the topic last week, so I thought I was hosting. Um, yeah. So this week I wanted to because of Morley's being uh, featured in that magazine, um, mm. and obviously you know things like magazines. I wanted to talk about is print media dead, and I wanted to talk. Because obviously Morley grew up in an age where, uh, you know, magazines all were available online in one way or another. Almost everything. There was an online component to just about every magazine. I grew up before the internet existed, basically, and when they tried to transition. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that and what your guys' thoughts were. I'm going to tell you something unbelievable. You ready for this? I have never read the online version of a magazine ever. I've read single articles, yeah. um, but I've never subscribed to a magazine and read through it the same way that I have a print magazine. Yeah, never and read. this is one of the things that I think is interesting about why uh, print magazine, print media may not be dead mm-hmm. because there's something about I will read an article in a print magazine that I wouldn't read if it was online. Mm. Right? Yeah. But I won't, I thought, like... It has I thought much, Molly was going to say he's never read a newspaper. <laughs> I'm illiterate. <laughs> no, it's, there's something... It has a much lower barrier to... <laughs> it has a much lower apparent barrier to entry if you don't have to like open a new tab or click a link and you can just flip through and, and go through stuff. Right. So I know, so a a colleague of mine uh, worked in the very beginnings of the print media to online 
Um, and he worked in a, in a business that their thing was taking newspapers and making them available online in a readable fashion, which everyone hates the like flip online stuff. It doesn't mm-hmm. work. Nobody likes it. Nobody likes to read a book online with flippable pages. But this in the very beginning, that's what he did. He, he worked on it for a couple of years and like sold it across like coast to coast. They sold this product in Canada, converting people's magazines to an online version. Um, and then everyone realized that was stupid because people don't like to read online media that way. But it is uh, it. So it made me think like, does anyone even like that? Like maybe I'm saying it out of turn, but I know I, I don't read. I hate when I go to a flyer like online. I'm like, I want to see like what's on sale in a store. And it brings me to like a flippable flyer. And I'm like, no, I want to just like, you have like a scalable like thing available to you that I can filter them as right. like a list or a grid mm. or anything I want. Right. Don't, don't copy th- don't copy the outdated format. Just give me it into the best way possible in this format. Right. I I absolutely hate digital reading. Like like for a book, for instance, I'll never read a digital book. I'll always want a physical copy. Um, but say like to take it back to what we were just saying before, with the Molly's um, feature in the magazine, I downloaded the magazine just to look at the feature and then didn't read anything else. If I had a physical copy, I more than likely would have actually flipped through it. For sure. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I'll say I've read, I've read maybe two digital books. Um, I've never had a Kindle. I have nothing against Kindles, but I definitely like, um, and I've, I definitely like reading physical things and that's what I have most of my experience in. So I feel like I can't really speak fully to the experience of reading a digital like ebook or something like I, I read, I read Dune on my phone by Frank Hebert, which is a great book. Hmm. It's an incredible book. And the fact that I read it was reading on my phone probably did like detract from the experience a little bit. I'm sure I would have enjoyed it more if I was reading it in a book. But the great thing about my phone was that like I could be out on a boat and just reading it easily. And I didn't have to take another thing with me that I was worried about getting wet. Um, which is funny because I'm on phones. a boat and I'm going fast <laughs> and I got a nautical theme Pashmina Afghan. There you go. Yeah, I'm the I, king of the world on a boat like Leo. Anyway, um, but to take it back to the story, uh, the question you just asked, if you look at the feature, the magazine that Molly is featured in, the digital version is literally just the pages of the original, like the actual magazine. Mm-hmm. So like, it's not like side by side. It's like, the left side is above the right side and it just yeah. it doesn't flow right. Yeah. Uh, for catalogs, ca- I don't know if you call them catalogs, but brochures mm-hmm. for shops, shopping centers, um, I more than happily will have like flip through one online because I don't care that much. I'm not trying to read it. And I actually have been to a couple of websites where you can click on what you want in the catalog and it will take you to the website like right. of that product. So- so everyone listening to this, go to the McMaster car website and you will see someone who took a catalog. They're like ginormous, like it's a like three phone books big catalog and turned it into an amazing website that is filterable, that is like better oh, yeah. than the catalog because it's like, what kind of screw do you want? What kind of head do you want? It's like something mm. that you wouldn't have been able to find. Like it would have taken you longer to find it in the print form. 
And I just go, that's what they should be doing with with all the print media online. Yeah. And I know it's, why it's they funny don't. When, well, okay, I'm going to leave a bit of a cliffhanger and then you can reveal why they don't after I say this. It's funny when you, um, like when there's a company with an incredible amount of money and resources and they just have the worst public like <laughs> documentation or whatever. So like I was on, I went on the McDonald's website today to see their online menu. I was, I wanted to see like, what can you order at McDonald's? This was for work. <laughs> and it was an in horrible website. It was like, it looked like it was made in like 2004 by some intern. <laughs> it was so bad. And you, it didn't even have the full menu. Um, and this was like oh. McDonald's.com slash menu or something. It was incredibly terrible and so surprising. You should have gone to Maccas.com. Yeah. I'm sure it's <laughs> great in Australia. Um, no, I this agree is- with that. But their app is a lot better. I bet. But I, if I just Google McDonald's menu, the first result is garbage. Yeah. Right. And this is that I, I absolutely hate that they keep pushing me to download more apps. I'm like, just mm. make your browser version good stop pushing me to download an app where you somehow need access to my camera like why does mcdonald's need access to my camera (laughs) it's like no you don't you don't need access thank you and it's like well you can't look at our menu like i don't know i don't know if mcdonald's is that bad but i've been on some where it's like i know you need some really random access here no thank you um anyways uh so why why do they force us to look at the magazine version. Guess. Is it because they've they have the sunk cost into already making that format and they're overvaluing it? There is that, but that was 20 years ago. That's how this business that my friend, my colleague at work, he worked at that 20, 21 years ago. That was his, there was the sunk cost fallacy of, of how they'd always done it. But I that's not the reason they still for- do it. My guess at first would have been cost, but now I'm thinking more of like copyright because it would be harder to replicate if you were to print it off. No, it's ads because they sell them based on placement and in the paper. Yeah. And so they want it on page. I want my ad to be on page two. Mm. Well, guess what? When it's online, it's a square box to the side, right? But they bought a full page ad. So we get forced this like outdated format online because people have bought ads and the only reason magazines exist are for the, yeah. is, are because of the ads. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's why they're invented. Can't exist. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. They were invented. I mean, like you said, like they, they make all their money off of as much ad space as they can, which is why magazines are so chock full of ads more so than like newspapers or anything else, but they were invented to sell, products to suburbanites um they're basically catalogs with articles interspersed into them oh well that kind of makes sense with their name because magasin is the french word for like a place that you go shopping oui oui (laughs) mr (laughs) Mr. i don't know any other languages je peux parler français mais je ne peux pas parler chinese i've never actually (laughs) i've never actually thought about that with the ads because like we have a couple of like the our two big um, grocery stores here 
give out like a free magazine every month and it has like recipes and all that sort of stuff in it. And they're full of ads. And I never realized that the ads is what's letting them do that. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's not really, what's really letting them do that. Sorry. It's why, it's why they're doing, they're doing it. it. Yeah. It's completely different. Like yeah. there's a, a magazine just started up in our neighborhood and it was like, it's supposed to be a community magazine. And I was like, great, this is awesome. And the people who actually gave me don't like gave me a whole bunch of tools and, on the weekend, they dropped off like, I don't know, probably, uh, you know, $300 worth of wood in my driveway. Um, anyways, they were featured in the magazine. They're, they've lived here for 27 years, but they're moving out. Anyways, they were the feature. They were the front page of the magazine. I was like, great. I want to read that. It was the only article in the entire magazine. <laughs> it was yeah. like, they were like well. three pages of like interspersed with ads and pictures. And it was like a 15-page magazine. I went, there's literally one article. I'm not joking. I just yeah. went, what is happening here? So, yes, the ads are annoying and it's a, it's a clear economy, money grab, what, what have you. But I, I'll say that like magazines are so great, like we mentioned, just for like flipping through and getting visual stimulus. Like there's, they're, they're awesome for that, which is one of the reasons why I always liked reading magazines on planes, like the in-flight magazines, just looking at all the different pictures. Um, and Adam, like you were mentioning before, we get those same magazines here. Like the liquor store puts out a seasonal magazine with like recipe ideas and stuff. And yeah. Eden and I love looking through them for cooking ideas. Like mm-hmm. the stuff looks so good. Like I, I've looked through it for photography inspiration because food photography is so incredible. Um, and yeah, like it, it feels, you know, the whole like temporary nature of magazines and newspapers, it's very wasteful. Like if you're going to buy something, read it once and then throw it away. Like does the cost of the ink in the paper really justify that? Probably not. But like, as kind of, I think we're kind of getting at, like you don't really get that same sort of inspiration and enjoyment from an online medium in the same way that you do of like flipping through a cool magazine or something what? like that. I think you can get it if you do it, format it differently. So if you would think of like, think of Instructables, if they were to make a magazine, like a weekly magazine, it would be the articles that are featured in their, in their emails. So instead of making a print magazine, they send out an email and it's like, I think they do it a great way. It's like, Hey, do you want to click on any of these things? No. Well, delete the email. Yes. Mm. Go read them. Right, like I think that's the way to do it. It, it. it forces different things down your throat, right? Like I think if you want to do it online, you got to hit hit people with headlines. So that's why there's all clickbait, right? Yeah, that's exactly what I was about to say. Is like, so these magazines, my wife loves to read them. Like she doesn't cook, but she for some reason loves to read them and get ideas for recipes. <laughs> but if that was online, there's no way she would ever look at it. It's because she's in the mm-hmm. shop. She's like, oh, I want to get this and have a look at it. Like it's it's eye catching and like she's not searching for it. It's thrown in her face. Okay. So the question is why are the magazines more engaging than the digital version of them? And I think the answer is when you have a physical magazine, you can see everything at once. You can flip through it and it's really easy to get from page to page. And there's like, there's no barrier to flipping through it versus when you're on a screen um, barring the bad formatting, it's it's just like it, there's a lot of steps between going from thing to thing, and you can only see one thing at a time. So here's the million dollar solution: 
right? Holograms where you can see every page at the same time. So it's still the digital version, but you get the physical magazine experience. The only problem I have is one thing I hate about the online experience is the like ads that are movies, like running in the background, flashing, like Mm. buy me, buy me, buy me. And I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to read a news article, like a serious news article. And it's like flashing up on buy me stuff. It's like, oh, reading about the Indian residential school grave sites. And it's like, oh, do you need a new Dodge Caravan? It's like, no, screw off. Like I'm reading a very serious article here. Like, but I get why they do it. Like people are clicking on that right now. They have to make money somehow. But the problem is like ads are, they're not like in print. They're there and they fade away. Right. Once CTR makes its way to online magazines, uh, physical magazines will probably go out the door. What's what's that? Click-through rate? Yeah. Because at the moment, a digital magazine would still be getting paid for their for their ads being in like the physical magazine, which would then counteract onto the digital. But once, so once they have CTR reaches that and they have to make money by click-through, they'll get rid of the physical. So they have both. And this is how they've – so for a while, a lot of the magazines switched to this article base that you see like a lot of news does. Like newspapers online aren't flip-throughs. They're all article-based, Right. And, the, and so they've switched their models to the CTR. And magazines were doing that for a bit. And you can look on like popular or either fine woodworking or popular woodworking has gone that way. But a lot of them are switching back because they can say, "I we have this giant digital subscriber base. Like Make Magazine, it is very difficult to get a physical copy delivered to your door. I looked into it and I just went like – they really push digital versions. Yeah. And I looked at the I, digital version. I don't want it. I want a physical piece of paper that I can flip through and go, huh, that's inspiring. Right. Hmm. I have a quick idea because every episode Eden works in at least once. <laughs> yes. right? The first person to comment on our YouTube video at the time stamp that Eden walks through the frame the first time gets a sticker. Ooh, I like but that. But you have to be subscribed. Yeah. Well, we so can't it, tell it, that. It, it's funny, kind of. You you couldn't see it, but in that specific scenario, I'm sitting at the desk in our living room right now, no, and she don't literally tell, don't tell them when it happens. I'm not saying when. I'm saying what happened. Okay. You already established that it happened, and so she literally walked around and then behind the desk and literally reached like right behind my computer to grab a pen. Uh, so she was like right here. You just couldn't see her. That's yeah. funny. Um, I have a million dollar idea. All right. A, di- a digital magazine, a physical digital magazine. So you, you buy this device like a Kindle and it's every page is an LCD screen and then you can just update what the magazine is. So you're still flipping pages <laughs> and you have the same format, but you can change what all the pages are because it's a, LED screen. Yeah. That's like one of those 1930s articles of about like what the world will look <laughs> what like the in a hundred years. Will look like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I definitely think I. So I think I. I don't know. Is print media dead? It's, no. It's dying. It's dying. But yes. what what I think is holding on is that they haven't actually made a good replacement for it digitally. Mm. Right. Like we were talking about. Like there's nothing that makes us 
have the same reaction and the same, like have the same thing with newspapers. I'll read so many articles in a newspaper, physical newspaper that I wouldn't read online that like the headline doesn't capture me. So I didn't, I move on, but I'll, I'll start reading a crappy headline on a, on a physical newspaper to see like, what are they actually talking about? Yeah. It kind of feels like, it kind of feels like, um, not all of it, but a lot of like digital articles and digital media is going the way of like empty calories and they're trying mm. to preserve the more like, oh, I actually want this for the news, the content or anything in the print media, even though like plenty of people read, you know, serious articles and things in print media. But I'm sure if you were to make like a Venn diagram of like online readers versus like physical copy readers, like you would you would see a strong correlation with like the type of content they're reading. You don't see as many clickbait headlines in newspapers and magazines as you do online unless depends. depends on the newspaper right yeah i was gonna say there's some front page stuff on the sun that i go yeah that's, that's a fair point yeah <laughs> so yeah and i don't know it's it's very hard to predict because i think like we're mentioning a lot of it is predicated on like the economics of it so you know the business model based around clicks well then they're going to go for more clickbait headlines and such and that's so that's what they're doing and it so i don't know if you guys uh like cbc obviously doesn't have a, a print version of its stuff but they do have um like they share it on facebook and they share it online and they actually change their headlines throughout the week the same way that we change our i've noticed this on cbc yeah. uh, because i follow this canadian broadcasting corporation for anyone who isn't canadian um and they have a news anyways, they'll change their, their headlines the same way that I'll change like a YouTube title and they try and get the most clickbaity stuff out there and they keep changing it until it gets the most clicks. And then a week later it goes to a factual headline. And I think that's like disingenuous personally mm-hmm. and I hate it. And that's yeah. why I don't like clickbait headlines at all no matter what no matter youtube titles and thumbnails i don't like clickbait stuff but right i feel like they are definitely a necessity though like whether whether you like them or not you like unless you have clickbait you're not gonna make it big quick if that makes sense like you, you could still make it like you could still become a big youtuber but unless you use clickbait titles you're not gonna do it quickly it'll take you years right but i think that's the clickbait doesn't make you good. No, it doesn't make you good, but it gets the clicks. It gets the views. It gets the... Yeah, you know. I guess I hate it. It's one of those things that I just go, it's like, like you can, yeah, you can grow big with clickbait stuff, but like I, whenever I think of like a genuine, surprising, non-clickbaity, but it looks like clickbait stuff, the guy who blew up, stuff made here. Yeah. He blew up because he doesn't make clickbait stuff. He just makes epic he makes, stuff, though. He makes epic stuff. And Same when you make something... Affairs. Yeah, exactly. When you make yeah. epic stuff, people click on it. And people yeah. think it's clickbait. Like, I'm sure there's half the people don't click on it because they go, I don't think he made a basketball <laughs> net that you can't miss. Yeah. Right? Anyways, I don't know. It's, it's funny because, like, that is such a clickbait title, but it's actually true. Wait, and, mm-hmm. and that yeah. I appreciate so much, and I think that mm-hmm. guy deserves every single view he gets. 
Yeah. So to explore this tangent a little bit, because I've been thinking about this recently, like I think the pendulum is going to swing back a little bit from clickbait because I think content creators have become so focused on getting someone to click that the focus has gone away from actually producing like a high quality video. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed it in some videos I've watched where I'm like, oh, the qu- the production quality of this video has gotten worse. Um because they're, they're, they're just clearly not focusing on, on it as much compared to the thumbnail and the title. Um, and I think eventually, like, you know, people will start to unsubscribe for those reasons because they're like, yeah, like, it's going to draw in new people, but you're going to lose some of the older people. And so eventually, I think, like, with everything, it'll kind of swing back a little bit. I think we're, I, we're approaching the crest. I hope so. Uh, two, two things on that. I think that... Um, the problem is that people are trying to get subscribers and not trying to get an audience. So mm-hmm. they're using clickbait to get people to subscribe and, and watch their videos. They're not trying to get people to like their content and actually want to watch them. And you'd probably find a lot of those people what like watch the first video, subscribe and think, Oh, this is actually pretty good. And then they'll never watch another video from them because they right. realize that it was all clickbait. Well, this is where I saw the proper to, before you go on your second point, I was listening to the proper tools podcast and they were talking about YouTube shorts and they said, you know, they were getting huge subscriber numbers from their shorts, but yeah, then they went, but I, they, those people who are subscribing for shorts are not watching my longer videos. Exactly. And I don't want to make shorts all the time. Like, sure. I'll make a few shorts here and there. But all those people who are joining in for my shorts content aren't watching my long form content, which is where I actually make any money. Yeah, exactly. In saying that, actually, is good for my next point is that I think that clickbait is going away a little bit. In I find the latest people I've subscribed to are people that I've seen like in reels, and mm. and that's sort of pushed me to it. So one of my favorite YouTube groups at the moment is Sidemen. Um, I don't know if it, I'm sure people have heard of them because they've got like 20 million subscribers, but there's these reels going around on TikTok and, and everything of it's real life Tinder. And it's like this row of seven guys with a girl in front of them. And they like do like really bad pickup lines. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the reel had me in hysterics. And next thing I know, I'm like binge watching their YouTube channel. Same as my recommendation a couple of weeks ago of the crime dude, Larry, I found him on a reel and next thing I know I'm watching his YouTube channel. So I think you're saying the opposite of what I just said. That the short form content actually made, but I think it's, it all depends on how you're doing your short form content. Exactly. Yeah. Like I think clips of funny moments of TV shows or of our, say we did clips of our uh, podcast as a short. If anyone wants that, let us know. Um, (laughs) I think that would be something like it would be, very easy to produce. You hit the high moments, boom, people see it and they go, I want to hear more. Right. That makes yeah. sense. But if you do shorts as like, I'm doing like my biggest reel on Instagram is I, it was part of the, the, uh, made for makers thing. And I just turned on my saw and turned it off. So this blade spins up and it spins down. That's it. And it blew up on Instagram. And I'm still getting likes to this day on that reel. I'm like, I don't know why. It's literally I turn on my saw and I turn it back off. And I'm talking, (laughs) like in the comments, I talk about my grandfather. But it's, I don't know. It's just one of those things. Um, Yeah. 
And that, and that's the thing is that you can anyone can put out like shorts and, and reels, but if you're trying to drive people to a bigger thing, that bigger thing needs to be of interest and be interesting as well. Like the like say mm. for instance the real life Tinder, it wasn't like I watch this reel and then I go watch the actual video and it was crap. The whole video was just a long version of that reel, and right. I mean like these people these guys like they've been working hard and they're putting out hour to hour and a half minute videos every week. Right. Every Sunday. And I watch the entire video every week. Like they just make good content. Well, if you're interested in more good content, then you should join our Patreon. You can get access to our pre-show and after show that we do um, every single week, except for last week. Cause Adam's internet crapped out. Um, so you didn't get a pre-show. You still got an after show though. Um, and anyone else who joins the Patreon, every single person gets a numbered keychain made by uh, Morley Kurt. Um, and it's a nice little leather uh, embossed keychain. And uh, if you're interested in that, you can go to patreon.com slash clamp. Um, we really appreciate everyone who supports us there. Uh, it's a, you know, without, without everyone there, uh, this podcast wouldn't exist anymore. It's, it does cost us money every week to do this, so we really appreciate everyone. Um, if you can't support us there, I completely understand. Um, you can just share the uh, show with a friend or uh, you know, leave us a review. Um, and on that note, I'm going to take us into the Clampmendations. Clampmendations! Well, I'm going to go first. Um I'm going to clamp mandate this week uh, a weird guy. He put out this really super cool Dragon Knight chess piece, um, and he did a, a quick uh, video showing how he built it and you know why he made the decisions he made. Um, it's pretty cool. Uh, the, the chess piece is really cool. The video is pretty cool. Um, seeing like his thought process on why he decided to make different things. Um, I really like the way that it turned out. Um, I'm really glad I'm not producing a night piece because I could not uh, top that. It is awesome. It's pretty cool. Yeah. He's been, um, been working on it for a while and I'm so amazed at how it turned out. Yeah. Definitely. Mm. Uh, well, my clampination this week is a podcast called Case File. Mm. Um, it is a guy in America. There's a full team, full production, production team behind the whole podcast. But this one guy reads out a story every episode of a crime file. Um most of them are murders. There's a couple about like fires and all that sort of stuff, but very interesting. A lot of them are Australian based crimes because he lives in Australia, but he also does a lot of American stuff um, like Jack the Ripper and all that sort of stuff as well. UK hmm. stuff. And yeah, very interesting. The guy's really good at telling a story. Yeah. But he's cool. anonymous. He is anonymous. Yes. Hmm. He's cut. But the crew isn't like the whole production team is very open of who they are, but he is anonymous. So I wonder if he's not really Australian and he's just putting on an accent. Bum, bum, bum. Maybe. Or maybe he's Aussie man. No, he's definitely not Aussie man. <laughs> well, I mean, if he's Aussie man, Aussie man is very good at playing two different characters. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, how about you, Morley? So, um, Eden is currently 
doing her bachelor's of social work. Uh, and she's in an accelerated program right now where she's basically doing a class in a week and a half. So it's, she's basically has like stuff to do every day. It's super busy, like 10 hours of school a day. Um, and she's currently, she's like learning really interesting stuff every day. And we, uh, when we talk about her day, she tells me about what she learned and she's currently doing stuff about like human development. Um, and she was telling me about something recently that she learned about that I thought was really interesting and useful and helpful. So I thought I would share it here. And oh, that sounds surprising. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's by a guy named Makali Mahali, who is very well known for uh, popularizing slash naming the flow state, which uh, mm. some people might know I've talked about before. Um, and he's also kind of known as the uh, father of creativity, which is a big title, but in, in, the, in the fact of he's done a lot of like research on creativity and psychology. And um, this is just some kind of tips from him on how to cultivate curiosity and interest for a more creative life. So a few points he has is be surprised by something every day. Try to surprise at least one person a day. Um, and then for each of those things, write down each of them every day that you surprise something by your, when you surprise someone or you're surprised by something. And then after a few weeks, read over them to try to see any patterns and reflect on them. Um, follow the things that spark your interest, wake up with a goal to look forward to, and then spend time in settings that stimulate creativity, walking, driving, swimming, and half asleep states. Um, so one of the reasons I was kind of like thinking about this a lot is, um, every time I, journal and read back on my journal entries, I tend to spend a lot of time journaling, kind of like describing my current mental state and things I'm struggling with and thoughts I'm having, um, which is really helpful in working through those feelings. And I think it's one of the biggest uh, benefits of journaling. But then when I go back and read through my past journal entries, I find that the times when I like really descriptively talk about the things that I'm doing in my day and like nice moments that I have, those are the journal entries that I love reading uh, when it like mm. brings back memories um, and it like reminds me of things. And one of the things I've been thinking about is like, okay, well, I want to do more of that, but it's also really helpful to journal in that other way to kind of like work through feelings. Um, so I, th I thought this was like a really good way to do that, just to every day, just quickly write down one thing that like, um, like, kind of like took you by surprise or that you found interesting that day. So today it was, um, I went on a walk and as I was arriving back at the apartment, the sun was setting behind this building across the street and the sunset was kind of like refracting through the penthouse on top of this building. And it looked like this like glowing orange jewel and it was mm. like beautiful. It was, it looked so amazing. So I just wrote that down and after a couple of weeks, I'll read through them and I thought it was a pretty cool exercise. So if you want to learn more about any of his work, um, uh, I'll link it in the show notes because there's no way you'll be able to spell his name based on what I said. Nope. Yeah. Check him out. I'm surprised I'll, you were able to pronounce it. I'll yeah, say that I listened, the pronunciation. I listened to the Wikipedia pronunciation like 10 times during the episode. <laughs> oh, well. well, I don't forget to write down that you surprised me. All right. So that was try to surprise at least one person a day. You surprised me by picking this. Um, 
No, I'll sorry. That was my inside joke because I read the notes on what you were going to say. Uh, anyways, that's really cool. I'm, I'm going to look into Mahali something. <laughs> uh, something. Anyways, uh, so normally at this time, if we have a review, Morley would read it out and try and do an accent because he's good at apparently listening to things and learning how to pronounce them. I'm not. But because we don't have that, we're going to do Adam's Australian Word of the Week. Yeah. Uh, my Word of the Week this week is snag. S-N-A-G. Hmm. It. So in Canada, if I hit a snag, it's like uh, like something went wrong with a project. But I'm guessing that's not what it is. That, well, that is still... Technically in Australia as well, but that's not what I'm referring to. Right. I've okay. figured as much. So, and I'm, I'm also assuming this isn't right, but when I would use snag, I'd use it as like a synonym for grab. Like, can you snag me a beer? Can you snag me that pen? Nope. Hmm. It is a noun. Oh, it's a noun. So then I'm going to say it is a woman that you don't want to be with. I'm going to guess it's some type of animal. No, it is a sausage. Hmm. <laughs> what? Yep. Interesting. That's kind of confusing because it sounds very similar to snack, which a sausage is also a snack. Well, it depends oh. on the size <laughs> of the sausage. <laughs> You're snacking on sausages? What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so to go on with uh, one from a while ago, a snag sanger is a sausage sandwich. Oh. Yeah. I didn't know sausage sandwiches existed, but that's cool. Hang on, hang on. You can't just pass past that. You don't know what a you haven't had a sausage on a sandwich. No, you get them in a bun. Like no, a no, dog. like you you cook a sausage and then you cut it in half and you put it on a sandwich. No. Yes. Well, okay, I do that. Okay. I don't. I've had that before. It's great. One thing I, I want to say last is I can't believe that when we had Dean on, we didn't have him do a Crayoli word of the week. No, is that right? Uh, What's the Lu- Louisiana? Is that Louisiana Crayoli? I don't Creole? know. But uh, I would probably say that why didn't we get him to do a Louisiana word of the week? And we don't have to worry about whether or not it's Creole or, or not. Yeah. Um. Yes, definitely. Next time we have a guest on, a guest host, not just a guest, but a guest host, we're going to get them to come up yes. with a word, a word of the week from, from their, their region. I from love their it. region. I, yes, nice. I love that idea. So I want to say thank you to TF Turning for the use for the theme song. Um, I recently, when I, the Dean episode I actually listened to, because generally speaking, I'm part of this conversation, so I don't listen to my own podcast. Um, but I, when I wasn't part of it, I got to listen to it. And I got to hear that beautiful music. Um, and you can hear Morley uh, give his rendition of it in the after show. Um, and if you want to find us all, you can find us in uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, the works um, by searching for Clamp. Um, and if you don't find us through Clamp, then Clamp Morley Adam Grant. Um, and if you still can't find us, just DM us on something. It, and we'll we'll point you to where you need to go. Uh, until next time, guys, I want to say cheers and have a great day. 
Bye. Bye. That's the outro of your videos, isn't it? Yes. I hold on. Whoa, whoa. I have now listened to an episode and heard the music. It doesn't sound anything like that. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. (laughs) Every time he sees it, I'm like, what what are you seeing? But I just let it go. The intro music is the bum ba dum bum bum ba dum ba dum bum bum ba dum ba dum bum bum ba dum ba dum ba dum and it's the beer opening. But that is the outro music. But it's more it's more like thwacky and with some drums. Okay. Can you sing it again? I'm gonna I'm gonna overlay it more emphatically, but it's like.